The Omi Season 1 closer is artist, activist, and community organizer Sir Moore. Sir and I catch up after the opening of his new creative space, Rich City Silk Grounds. This convo commences mid-mat chat. I'm sharing with Sir some highlights from my youth yoga series with NGIT, and then we segue to the impact of Sir's work with Black Lives Matter Patterson. Slide into the stew for the final session of the season. I'm so appreciative of the opportunity because they let me, the administration, they let me have free reign to create whatever curriculum I wanted to. And so I focused on emotional intelligence. And so every day I picked a new emotion. We would talk about it. We had a check-in just to start, like, how are you feeling today? How's your energy? And then um, we had a specific topic. And then I took them through like some comedic yoga. We did Iyengar, Hatha yoga. There was some somatic movement. There was like six different meditation styles that I taught them. So it was dope to be able to incorporate all that. And the students, they were into it. At some points, they were like, yeah, I'm excited for this class. I'm like, wait, what? You're excited for yoga? <laughs> They're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's dope. So it was nice that they got yeah. into it too. That's good. That's good to hear. And, uh, and, it, and it's crazy that you say that too, because with us having the, the BLM camp, introducing kids to like stuff like that, and then being like excited about it at a at a young age, you know, like how we were excited to like go play and stuff like that when we were young. For them to be excited about stuff like that, that's major, you know. That's like shifting the energies into like what you intentionally put your energy into. So that's that's amazing that they are excited to to do that. Yes, and the babies need it too. And I love that you brought it yeah. up because I did just see the recent coverage on ABC Seven for the BLM camp that you all did in Patterson. And then also I'm talking to you coming off the opening of what's the name? Silk City Rich Brown. There we go. Silk City Rich Brown. So we coming off the grand opening and like all the hype around the work that you're doing more so than the hype. It's really a much needed spotlight to just finally putting some shine on all the good work and not finally I feel like people have been giving you your accolades I don't know you might feel differently but um it's nice to see momentum building around your work and people like putting a spotlight on all of the good work that you're doing in Patterson and Essex County within Newark because you're you know I know you're out here too making your stamp so how does that feel coming off all of that momentum well I feel like it's this kind of like reminds me of last year when like the pandemic was going on. Me as a documentarian and a photographer, like staying steady with that and putting out, producing like what's going on in the world for people who aren't outside and getting a call from like North Symphony Hall and them asking me like, hey, we want to feature your work at North Symphony Hall. And I'm like, what? My work at North Symphony Hall? And that's legendary, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if people know how legendary Newark Symphony Hall is, but a lot of our people man, have, have come through there and, and, and graced those stages and, and brought so much like productivity to that space and to have my work be a part of the remodelation of Newark Symphony Hall is a, is a big honor. And so it, this moment like reminds me of last year, like when that happened me and then people reaching out to me through panels and, and things like that and people paying for my photography work and circling back to like this same time last year um now opening up a space for the community 
and being able to um, provide space for people and, and, and the youth as well, you know, starting the BLM youth camp. Never would have thought none of this would be possible. You know, I just, for me, it's like, you know, I, I have like tunnel vision and I just keep going until the manifestations start to like speak for themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's how I feel right now. I'm just basking in the moment, taking it all in, but like still tunnel vision, you know? Yeah, I love that. And yes, Newark Symphony Hall is an iconic venue in this country, not just for the state of New Jersey or the city of Newark. So if you don't know, please go do your research. So that is an amazing honor to have your work featured at a venue of that stature. And it is. Yeah, um, Yeah, it's one of those things like when you're doing your purpose work and your focus, you're present, you're in those moments not even really thinking of what they could become along the path in your journey. Like that's when the beauty happens. That's when the magic happens. And it seems like so many blessings in your life have come to fruition and have manifested because you've been doing your purpose work and because you've been so focused on telling our stories and documenting our community and doing it so well at such a high level too. Like I'm so proud of you and all of the work that you do and all the beauty that you create. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that a lot. I guess it's just like the human nature and it feels good to hear that from your peers. You know what I'm saying? Like people that you've grown with uh, or just connected with and, and, and who you created space with and them seeing like the things you've talked about come to fruition. So it just, it feels good for you to say it. And like I said, a whole bunch of people that I'm close with, my tribe, for them to be like, yo, you spoke about it work towards it and now it's here you know so it's a great feeling yes i um well i almost don't kind of i don't let's see where do i want to go with this because when i first got introduced to you and your work it was through your photography and the life that you would bring to the events in um newark from newark first fridays and i know I can't even think of all of the events that probably some of your photomatic events too is one of my first introductions to your work. So I guess we can start there. Like what got you started on that creative path to essentially you being able to create the life that you envision for yourself through your art and through your wellness work and through your organizing work and activism? I guess it started like as a young kid being around my mom, which she's a, a artist and a creative. She's been in the music industry most of my life, you know, and seeing her create and and build with different artists, different art forms, different platforms, being around her and then my dad as well. So the artisticness comes from like my mom and my pops, you know, that my mom is a, a, a songwriter in the music industry for 30 plus years. My dad was a rapper, um, but he got into like artist development. And so while simultaneously spending time with my grandmother, she was heavy, heavy in the like school system, like making sure that she was speaking up for the kids, making sure that we had better books to read, better programs for us to go to. Um, And so I was going with her to like those meetings, you know, seeing her advocate for youth in the community like right. single moms who didn't have the access to like 
free programs uh, for their kids because while they're working, their kids are either at home um, being unattended and like not being cared for or, or fed or whatever the case may be. And so she was advocating for like a lot of that stuff and changing the trajectory of, you know, how single households can be built up with the help of the school system, you know, because school is supposed to be a part of the growth in the household. Right, um, it's a resource. So was, exactly, exactly. And so her and like a few other great women were advocating for the school system and, and a lot of black men too as well. Cause there was a lot of single fathers as well, or even just parenting homes. A lot of them right. work and then their kids are being left unattended because there aren't enough programs for the kids to go to, um, to help, I guess, like partner with the parents and the school system. Like you said, it's a, it's a resource. And so that's what I saw her doing as I was getting older and, and I guess it like rubbed off on me as I got older, you know, like in, in college. They definitely did. That's yeah. where that's where all this stuff originated from. You know, just being around that atmosphere and like we do as um we're we're teachers now, you know, of the community to the young folks and exposing them to new things. And so that that's what happened to me, being exposed to those conversations and those moments of just like, you know, we want better for the community. And my right. grandmother paved the way for that. That's beautiful. So you truly are like a combination of both of your parents' creative work and then grandma's activism too. That's really dope. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we say all the time, but children really are sponges and they just soak up whatever you expose them to. And I love like the way that I see you bringing your son out on your different photo shoot gigs too and seeing him catch his own BTS footage. Like you can tell like, Children, they will absorb whatever you put them around. And if it's you're pouring into them and you're sharing your your love with them, your art, your activism, like they're going to be the next generation to get up and run with it. So that's really dope to see like you're creating the next generation of artists and activists but you're, with your son, too. That's really dope to see. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to bounce around a little bit, too, because I've seen you get more into your wellness bag over the past year or two, particularly with yoga and then now veganism. So what was the spark or catalyst for you? Like what made you want to more so prioritize your well-being and your wellness? For me personally, it's like I, I, uh, so our family has a history of Lynch syndrome. And for those who don't know what Lynch syndrome is, it's like stomach cancer. And so um, a lot of my family members have, have gotten it. What I've recognized is that it comes from a long line of eating horrible food, you know, horrible. That's, that's how cancers are created, you know, the things that we are putting in our bodies, the, the, right. the products that we're putting on our skin, the clothes yeah. that we wear, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All toxins, yeah. Yes, exactly. And so... And the thing is, it's like, it's, it's tough, too, because as Black folks, you know, it's a part of our Black history, too. Uh, black history is American history. And um, when you think about it, like, you know, we created the clothing that we wear and, and ended up creating these products and stuff. Unfortunately, because we live in America, we was brought here, drugged here <laughs> to America unwilling, and we had to create a life for ourselves. And so we had to use what was here, you know, and uh, as time went on, I don't know if anyone has ever watched High on the Hog, 
it talks about the the lineage of our black foods you know from mac and cheese mm. to like okra and 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 uh, uh bacon <laughs> all that stuff you know that's what I'm even so, on netflix right yeah. you're the second person that talk, talked about high on the hogs so i feel like i need to watch it before the third person come around and tell me yo absolutely 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 should because and it was a no coincidence that that came out this year and just showed me and probably other people and how we engage in our food. We made something out of nothing as we were being enslaved and, and it's created a traditional like thing now, you know, it's like Thanksgiving, we eat all these high fatty foods and we right. add, like salt and things like that to it to make it taste good. Right. Um, it's a long line of history of stuff like that. And so we spent a lot of time doing that. And so that has created a lot of health history issues with black folks and so that's unfortunately what has happened to my family and so that's what forced me to get into like veganism my uncle was who is like 71 now he was diagnosed with the Lynch syndrome cancer at 19 years old and he was a really really good basketball player at the time in florida and unfortunately because of the Lynch syndrome he had to wear like a bag at 19 years old it forced to stop him from playing any type of sports, um, any like physical activity. So he's been wearing a bag since 19 years old. He's 71 years old now. Wow. And he became a vegan at 19 years old. And this is, I'm talking about, this is the 60s. I never knew that. until I got into veganism two and a half years ago, he explained to me too, like, you know, all I eat is vegetables, you know, vegetables and fruits and uh, grains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. and he's 71 and so you know there's there's a blueprint right there for me you know i thought i was the only one in the family that was like on this path you know but i have him to lean on and ask for you know guidance and recipes oh. and things of that nature so yeah. but that's been like that was the main reason why i i became vegan because i i never want to go through any type of cancer battle um right um at all you know i wish that on nobody I don't know anyone, anyone's life who cancer has not touched. And you are so right. We are either feeding an illness or we are giving ourselves nourishment that could provide healing for our body. Wow. I appreciate you sharing that and enlightening the listeners. I've never, never heard of um, Lint syndrome. That's what it's called. Did I pronounce that correctly? I had never heard of that. Lynch, like lynching. A person? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And I, it's crazy that it's called Lynch syndrome. You know, we don't got to get too deep, but, you know, the writing is there. Yeah, that all plays a part of like DNA lineage and all that stuff. You know, that's what I was saying about the things that we eat, the, the products we put on our skin and clothing and stuff like that. Like all of that plays a part of the grand scheme of like that cancer, you know, another form of supremacy. I hate saying the word supremacy, but a, a system thing that we have adapted to and grown to just adapt into it um and create stuff of our own you know so i'm trying to wean out of that as much as i can it truly is like a systematic poisoning of us like it's a poisoning of our minds of our bodies like i i i get where you're going with that for sure like it's something that i've been mindful of since i was a little girl i developed um, lupus which is an autoimmune illness and even 
as a little girl, it was to me, I, it didn't in the early nineties, there was just so much uncertainty about lupus, what lupus was. And there still is because a lot of research money is not gone to study it and to provide tools that could create a cure for healing, right? Is the pharmaceutical industry that wants to keep us sick. So even as a little girl, I'm like, you can't even definitively tell me what this illness is and how it's going to impact my body long-term, but you want me to take a medication every single day that we don't know what's going to happen. Like you're telling me I have, I'm going to live with lupus for the rest of my life. So from the age of 12 until God willing, I live to a hundred years old, I'm supposed to take a pill every day. And my little girl spirit was like, no, I'm not doing this. There has to be another way. And I didn't immediately jump into holistic healing. Like it took decades for me to transition my life, but it really like I changed my food was first after college. I completely cut out fast food and that dramatically changed uh, my levels of inflammation. Like I was able to walk better. I had to walk with a cane when I was in college because that's how badly inflamed my body was and how the lupus and rheumatoid arthritis had impacted my joints. And so it started with changing my diet and then it was my hair. I started to go natural and start stop putting chemicals in my hair and then started developing my own products for my hair and for my body. So now I make all of my own hair oils and body butters. I make my own natural deodorant. I found a black owned toothpaste company that's all natural, like no additives. So that, that stuff really does matter. And now at this stage in the transition, I'm moving more towards eliminating plastics from my life. So I only use glass containers and just being mindful of those things because it is all a lot of the cancers and autoimmune illnesses that we develop. It is hereditary. Yes. But then a lot of it is environmental. And then also the third piece of it is nutritional, like what we put in and on our bodies and our skin being the biggest organ, what we're putting on our skin. So kudos for you for acknowledging all of that and making the transition and the change. I've not been able to fully push myself into veganism as of yet, but I'm about 80 to 90% plant-based. We'll see if I ever get to that last 10 to 20%. I'm still working on finding viable protein sources, but um, it does make a huge difference in how I feel. And I believe that I can eventually heal myself of autoimmune illness and disease with how I treat my body. So that's, yeah. that's my goal. Yeah. Again, that's, that's, I mean, that's essentially what our body does. The human body, you know, especially women's bodies are one of the most amazing things ever. Um, right. The recovery stages of so many things. Like you look at women who give birth. Right. Look, everything that we go through has a, um, I don't want to call it an ugly stage, but like the stage that's unfamiliar. It's insane what our bodies can do and how they are formed. Like when I really stop to think about it, it's, it's overwhelming, like how, how amazing our bodies are. And we don't even, so many of us are just walking around completely unaware in these vessels that are magical. They're truly fine. Yeah, no, you know that, you know that like, I feel like we undermine our bodies so much. Our bodies are so fragile, but yet so strong. I really feel like we undermine, you know, the value or the quality that 
our bodies go through. And then you look at the circumstances that we grow up in. It's like, damn, we've endured so much. And so yeah. connecting that to like why I eat the way I eat, that's a whole reason why. You know what I'm saying? Because our bodies are a prime example of how we treat the world, how we treat ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, a, it's, it's an example of that, you know, and our bodies will always react the way that we treat it. So, like, just coming from the perspective of, like, seeing people that I care about go through it, yeah. it's like, man, I would be doing, you know, even you, you know, I would be doing you a disservice and the people that I love a disservice if I don't take care of myself, you know? Um, how am I going to be there for you for you all if I'm not taking care of myself, you know? Uh, and that's how I start to look at things. And it starts with, like, you know, eating a lot better than we once did when we first got here to America, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's dope. I appreciate it that you ended on that note of really the concept of you have to pour into yourself first before you can help anyone else through your purpose work, through through anything that you do. Like even if you're a parent moving through your day, like you legit, you can't give to your kids if you don't have enough mental and physical stamina for yourself. That's so important. And even like we really don't think of how interconnected we are on this earth, regardless of if we share some type of DNA or a um, a marital commitment, like we are a collective part of this earth and a community. And the more we take care of ourselves, our physical health, our emotional health, our mental health, our spiritual health, the more grounded we are, the more we can contribute to this world in a truly meaningful way. I want to switch gears a little bit. How did you get turned on to yoga as a healing practice? Yoga has been like a constant, constant practice. You know, even days when I don't feel like doing it, those are the days that you need to do things like that, you know, because it'll center yourself, all your chakras, and help you, you know, take on the day because life is hard, man. Like, it's a hard thing, especially for black and brown people. You know, every day we're living on defense and, you know, we never really have time to be soft and and gentle and, you know, even amongst each other. And so, yeah, we don't have space to just be at ease. Right, right, right. And so, like, you know, uh, you know, living black and uninterrupted, you know, like that, that's something that I I feel like that's a part of my calling as as a black person is to create spaces for black folks to be uninterrupted and you know that's dope i love that thank you for sharing that and that's just another beautiful example like as we start to see wellness is trending yoga has been trending and it can be overwhelming a lot of people don't know where to start you see veganism trending now more too But it really is, it's lifestyle changes and it's mindset changes that take place over the course of years. Like, I love that you said you've been practicing yoga since you were a child. And then it only in recent years has manifested to you practicing veganism and trying to dramatically alter your diet. So like that has been like a decade or more that you've been on the journey to physical well-being. And how that manifests in terms of how you take care of your muscles and bone structure in asana practice. And then, of course, the meditation piece in the mind. And then now you're adding nutrition and it takes time. Like, I don't we live in a microwave generation for sure. And people think that 
I have to make these shifts all at once. Like, no, it's going to take time for you to make lifestyle changes, but they're so worth it. And if you dedicate yourself to yourself and to your healing and to your health and prioritize your well-being, I think only goodness and abundance can come of it. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Mm, that's dope. And I love that the, the concept of being uninterrupted in your Blackness. Yeah. I see that. I see that across your brands and how you show us so beautifully and all of our elements and the joy and the fellowship and the family. Like you capture it all. I love I love what you do in terms of the imagery that you create, but also the communities that you build. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I just aspire to like have like a big community because I didn't grow up in like a a huge family. You know, I just not that it, it wasn't enough for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not being you know ungrateful for it, but like I wish or aspire to have like a big community family um, and a big family myself too, you know, uh, lineage wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that. I love being around people. I love engaging with people. It gives me joy, you know, just to be around people, seeing other people do what they do and conversing with other people and just getting to know people like that's I love that. And then communing with people, you know, like sharing different stories and learning from each other and building different things or, you know, one conversation can spark an idea or help someone, you know, evolve to the next level to where they feel stuck, maybe, you know. Um, and that one conversation could have sparked something in them to say, you know what, you know, I spoke to someone today that I didn't know. Now I know them and they've given me so many gems to help me propel in my life, you know, and we help each other because everyone doesn't know everything, right. um, but we all know something and we can share what we know with each other. And that's how we get the answers and solutions to the things that are like detrimental to the world. And we figure it out as we go, you know. Yes, I 1000% believe that everyone here on this earth is meant to teach you something, everyone you come in contact with and meet. So absorb what you can from everyone along the way. Ah, This has been such a good conversation. I appreciate you. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, so we have one last segment of the podcast. It's called Inside the Omi Studio. Okay, cool beans. So make sure you're comfortable. We start with the collective breath. So just exhale all of the air that's currently in your lungs. And together we inhale. Exhale to release. Describe your personal style in one word. Eclectic. What's one thing you wish you can change about the world? Hate. What brings you joy? Food. (laughs) What makes you cry? Hate. What type of impact do you want to have on this earth? Hmm. Love. I want want a loving impact. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite thing about being Black? Being Black? (laughs) the whole thing all of it (laughs) I love it what do you hope for your community growth what do you love most about yourself 
that I care. What's your favorite book? Uh, wow. Well, right now, my favorite book, I'm reading it now, is called The Black Fatigue. Okay. Mary Frances Winters. I haven't gotten through it yet, but I'm almost there. Okay, last question. Name five music artists that would appear on the soundtrack of your life. Oh, jeez. Common for sure. J. Cole, Faith Evans, Morehill, and one more would be, I would say Kanye. Dope. I love it. I don't think anyone has said any of those five before. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you is a perfect closer for the season. Thank you so much, Sir Moore. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you for having me on your show. You're, you're doing amazing things as well. And I congratulate you too as well. I give you your flowers as well. Um, continue to do great things. You know, anything you need, I got you. Anyway, I can help you in any capacity. Um, you've been a great friend and I appreciate you. Thank you. Before you go, let the people know where they can find you, the social media, the website, all of the things. You can find me at Sir Moore at S-I-R-M-0-0-R-E. You can follow my new space, which is Silk City Rich Grounds. It's spelled the way I said it, Silk City Rich Grounds. You can follow my vegan business. It's So Veggies and More. And that's pretty much it. Anything else you want to know, you know, you can also follow BLM Patterson on Instagram. That It's spelled that way, BLM Patterson. That's pretty much it. You know, follow any of those things and you'll see what's going on. I do a plethora of things. So if you want to get involved and want to know what's going on, you'll see it from there. So thank yeah. you. And I will link all of those in the show notes so people have the correct spelling. They can find you. I'm gonna put your website on there too. I know you didn't say it, but we're gonna put it on there and drive some traffic <laughs> for you too. Thank you. 